Hey, Lightning, have you heard? No! No, uh uh-uh. The Truck Show. We're gonna show you what we know. We're gonna answer what the truck. Cause truck rhymes with The Truck Show. We have the lifted, we have the lowered, and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel. The Truck Show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. This episode of the Truck Show podcast, Have You Heard? is proudly presented by Nissan with the Frontier, Titan, and Titan XD. Nissan has a truck for every need along with the legendary Nissan durability. Test drive your next truck at a local Nissan dealer today or point your browser to NissanUSA.com where you can use the build and price tool to configure a Nissan truck that fits your lifestyle. And when you're thinking about adding power or improving fuel economy, Banks has over 65 years of experience. Whether it's cold air intakes or exhaust systems, tuning, throttle control, charge air cooling, lubrication components, and much more, no one offers smarter, safer, 50-state emissions-compliant performance parts than Gale Banks. You'll find the best engineered parts for your truck at BanksPower.com. This is the show where they talk breaking news, and this is the part where Coleman has lightning at you heard. Have you heard? No, I don't think that I have heard. What you got? The uh, final Hellcat-powered Dodge will not be a Challenger, nor will it be a Charger. It will, in fact, be a Dodge Durango. Oh, hell no! (laughs) So, uh, that was weird. Uh, Hell no! So, apparently, uh, they're going to be, uh, they're they're being coined uh, Last Call Hellcat Durangos. Mm -hmm. Are there uh, like 85 Last Calls? Well, not of Durango, just uh, there were of the uh, Charger and Challenger, which have... Are done production. Yeah. Gonzo. Dunzo. So, so they weren't just baiting us. They actually were the last calls. There are several Durango last call special editions throughout the year, starting with a trim that they're uh, dubbing the SRT392 Alchemy. Oh, see what Al- they did there? Alchemy. Alchemy. A little bit of uh, fun with words. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to have yellow Brembo brakes, special graphics, yellow accents uh, for the outside and the interior, and then it's blacked out, satin black wheels and black badges and black exhaust tips and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, it is an appearance package, so everything else is the same. It'll be uh, the standard 392-64 Hemi, making 475 horse and 470 pound-feet of torque uh, through a full-time transfer case. For now, it'll have a, a production run of 1,000 units and uh, featuring uh, 250 in each of the four colors. Uh, colors will be uh, black, two shades of gray, or white. So those, okay. those Ooh, creative. Are, your choices. Uh, each one will be uh, 250 units. The package will add $3,595 to the MSRP of a standard Durango SRT 392, but dealer markups, uh, I'm sure, will be part of the game. Now, uh, Tim Kaniskas said, just as we did with the Dodge Charger and Challenger, it's time to celebrate the V8 Hemi engine that's powered Dodge domination of the performance SUV segment. The special edition last call models of the Durango will roll out during 2024, and then and then also mentioned in the press release, uh, Dodge did say that there will be a last call treatment that will come to the Durango Hellcat, which is alive for 2024. That has the 710 horsepower trim. And uh, 
there will be last call trims for the 2025 model year. So don't know if that is Hellcat 392 and if maybe that includes the 392 Wrangler, which my understanding uh, is dead after this year, but maybe they extended it a year because so many people want them. I don't know. But that's what we got. Okay. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? No! Mm, I don't think so. Apparently, if you own a certain 7.3 liter Ford gas engine, uh, Ford may owe you 300 bucks. So if I bought a Godzilla in my Ford F-250, why am I getting 300 back? Uh, apparently, some Ford Super Duty trucks and E-Series based uh, chassis cab vehicles that were powered by the Godzilla... Uh, either had 15 or 25 less horsepower than advertised. Mm. And so uh, you may be getting a $300 check from Ford. Apparently- How uh, does the money make up for lost horsepower? Well, because they're saying that the value of the truck isn't as great because they told you uh, a number that didn't exist. So according to uh, Ford Special Field Action 22L03 sent to dealers last summer, the air effects, how many vehicles do you think? Uh... 30,000? 161,512 2021 and 2022 model years. And so vehicles affected are uh, Super Duty chassis cabs, F650 and 750 trucks, F53 and F59 chassis trucks, uh, all of those having 15 uh, less horsepower. East Series vehicles, the drop is, I can't even believe they still make that. Uh, the drop is 25 horsepower and 18 pound feet of torque. And then, so, uh, what do you suppose? happen like is this because of emissions equipment or do they just detune them for longevity i wonder what i happened. think it was just a miscommunication in uh the way it was marketed because i believe uh they, they don't they don't mention a fix for one and most of it is on commercial vehicles which typically from ford are downrated for more well, longevity, longevity yeah, and durability yeah. I, I my guess is basically just like we had in the email last episode i think somebody put it down in the marketing marketing materials and somebody didn't catch it because because those vehicles also have a lower red line of 150 RPM. Hmm. So I guess Super Duty owners get 100 bucks, E-Series owners, because it's a lot more power, uh, 300 to them. And uh, But again, it doesn't sound like there's a tune or anything coming. Uh, I, I think it just is what it is, and Ford just uh, is hoping you'll be happy with a few hundos to fill your gas tank. I mean, it does soften the blow a little bit. Uh, hey, Lighting, did you hear? How about new? No. Uh, mm -mm, no. Mm. Uh, Volkswagen is apparently uh, putting chat GPT in its cars. No. 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 That, no. That came out of CES, so I just thought that was one of those funny things. Uh, why, why, why? What's the I, point? I, I don't know. Maybe to help you. Uh, I don't know why. They just... That's... So you can ask it to make funny cat and dog pictures of your Tiguan in the forest. And Baja Stop racing. it. Stop it. Stop it. Hey, Lighting, did you hear? I don't watch the news because I'm a kid. So, so no. I think we talked about Ford had uh, 54 recalls last year. Well, they already are starting 2024 <laughs> off with a bang, uh, and that's because 112,965 F-150s might roll away. Might roll away? Apparently, uh, if you have a certain 21 to 23 F-150... Yeah. Well, something with a parking brake? Uh, you need uh, to have your rear axle hub bolts addressed because they might uh, shear, I guess. Well, then it's not rolling away. Your wheels fall off. Well, and then you just drag your, your rear diff. Uh, they can fail from fatigue already, and uh, apparently they're working on a solution. And uh, man, uh, that is 113, almost 1,000 F 150s. 
Uh, the, the vehicles equipped uh, have the trailer tow max duty package with the 9.75 inch uh, rear axle. And uh, the bolt holding the hub to the axle is prone to metal fatigue, which could break on its own. This could allow the axle splines to move around, stripping them from friction that could potentially immobilize the truck as it would cause a loss of power to the wheels and allow trucks and park to move if the parking brake is not engaged. Oh, so this is not a situation where it's going to break off. It's just it's like a full floater that just... Well, they're semi-float. Semi-float where it just doesn't have any connection anymore it, to the, to it, the drive it, line. Yeah, basically, uh, I don't know. It allows itself to... Uh, to um, be modified. <laughs> it's just shearing, so, shearing self, the teeth off itself. Yeah, yeah it says, uh, according it was, to Ford. Wait, is that called self-clearancing? Uh, it might be. Uh, Ford says that there's no risk of the wheel falling off uh, because okay, there's still four good. bolts that keep the hub assembly on. Good, good, good. Um, but uh, internally, if the splines get, uh, you know, uh, removed, <laughs> right? they're no longer uh, locked into the carrier. Basically, it goes from a gear set to a bearing set. Yep, and uh, Ford uh, said they received 376 warranty reports uh, between January and November of 23. Recall notices will be mailed to owners uh, starting at the end of January of, uh, of this month here. And uh, they said if you have that truck and you're starting to hear clicking or rattling noises from the rear axle, mm. get those things in. So, Hey, Lighting, did you hear? No. <laughs> no. That one cracks me up. You may like this news. The now 16-year-old Ram 1500 Classic. Oh. It's not dead. How are you guys still? <laughs> why it's are a great you truck. still making? I didn't no, say it wasn't. A, I didn't a, say it wasn't no, a good truck. No, it even holds up good today. Like, it's still a great truck. Are they just seeing how long they can make this damn thing? I mean, that's, here's it the thing. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it does. Why? Because a Ram 1500 DT, which is the, the newer version, right. only comes in a crew cab. A DS, which is the older version, single? came in single, quad, and crew. And I don't know what body styles they're offering, but it allows them a lower price point with more configurations than stepping up into a uh, a brand new DT body style. So uh, I mean, why ever release anything new? Just keep making a truck forever. Uh, according to Motor One, uh, <laughs> they say the fourth gen truck is now so old it was launched when Ram was still part of Dodge, <laughs> which is true. It's true. I, actually, 2010, rem- right? I remember when uh, 2009. So oh, the nine. first year had Dodge, where the little cubby is on the dash above the radio, and then they switched it to Ram. And I remember when all that went down. It was pretty funny. So that was all the way back. Uh, so I guess 2008 as a 2009 model Ram. First, you've got the worst. Drivers, and now you have the worst drivers of the oldest truck. Stop it. Hey, Lighting, did you hear? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no, I haven't heard. Can we uh, give a bell to uh, Victor Shepard? I don't think you can give a bell before you tell us why. It's why. Why? You will remember Victor Shepard as the man... Who drove a Toyota Tundra for a million miles? Oh, that is worth a bell. Uh, back in July of 2016, he crossed the million mile mark in a 2007 Tundra SR5 double cab with a 4.7 liter V8. And if you remember that Toyota was so impressed that they offered him a trade in deal, so the 2007 model for a 2016 limited crew cab, and then they uh, famously studied the t- 2007 truck uh, and pulled it apart when they were designing the uh, the upcoming new current generation Tundra. Mm-hmm. 
So today he has uh, two Tundras. One is the 2016 limited crew cab that he got on uh, on trade from Toyota. Mm-hmm. And then he bought a 2014 Tundra for daily work to as the other one was <laughs> approaching. So guess guess okay. what? Yeah. Oh, wait. wait he, yeah. How much, he's got a ton of miles on the old one. 2014 Toyota Tundra SR5 double cab with uh, a 5.7 liter. 350,000 miles. Uh, 350? 450. 900,000 miles. No, come on now. So he's going to do it again. <laughs> What, Come on, that's what awesome. Does he live in it? I, I, how, do, how is he putting these kind of miles on this I mean, truck? It's it's awesome. So no. it, what do you mean no? He's, he's not a hot shot with that truck, so what's he doing? Dude, so he's got 100,000 more miles, and he gets to be in the Million Miler Club with Toyota twice. No, no, hold on a second. He built some kind of a treadmill. He just puts the truck on it. He just lets it, it. Yeah, run, yeah, just it's run at night in his garage. You know, this is like the guy who's got the you know the, you know, the ankle bracelet because he's out of, uh, out of the Prison? Pan. Yeah, and he puts it on his dog, and he lets his dog walk around with it all day so it sees the movement. So That's what this no, is. You know what I mean? So Shepard says he did all the driving himself. All right, so he replaced the alternator, had the trans serviced at 780,000 miles, uh-huh. and then he's like, well, I need a tranny replacement. So he's like, uh, let me see. So apparently there's like delays in getting the parts and stuff. So he drove it another 80,000 miles, and then he installed a new transmission. We need to talk to him. What is he doing? Uh, yeah. so, this is So I think uh, Tim Esterdahl from uh, Pickup Truck Plus SUV Talk, he's the source of this, so we'll have to see if we can get a hold of him, because that's incredible. That's I mean, it's one thing for a dude to be like, oh, a billion miles. He did, He's he going it. to do it twice. Who has that much time in their life? I mean, how many how many over-the-road truckers have a million miles? I mean, I'm sure it's a it's a fair number, but that's all they do. It's their job. This guy must be driving for work. I mean, he's, he must just be driving all the time. Who knows what I it's mean, for? Just, yeah. You don't even, if, listen, if you're a delivery guy, you don't even have time to pull over. You just pass the spot you're supposed to be dropping something off at, and you're like, got to keep driving. Still going, still going, still going. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I didn't. Speaking of uh, longevity, I don't know if you saw that post that uh, that Bill Stein posted recently, but they had an original TRD Bill Stein forty six hundred from a first gen Toyota Tundra that had almost a million miles on it, and then they dynoed it on their shock dyno next to a brand new one. Just okay. to see what it would be. We should have them on and talk about that. We should. That is really cool. Do we know the results? Yeah. If you go to at Bill Stein US on their Instagram, they've got a video of it being shocked dynode and then the graphs and stuff. So was but it all clapped out? No. They said, yeah, well, if it had, you know, the valving was faded and it was definitely worn. It was still serviceable as a shock. It wasn't leaking and it went through the test and was, you know, was still fine. Yeah, they should use that in marketing. The, I, well, I guess they did. <laughs> That's why it's <laughs> I on there. they did, yeah. Huh. So we, we should talk to them about that. All right, uh, Lightning, did you hear? What? No. No? I think so. You heard about this because you sent it to me. Uh, apparently, GM filed a patent for what they called a safety-minded gyroscopic vehicle seat, and the patent drawing is hilarious because it looks like a square car that uh, my kid drew with the steering wheel on the wrong side of the inside mm-hmm. and people sitting in eggs, which is <laughs> weird. A gyroscopic seat. So they're like, oh, yeah, Toyota with your uh, your seat Isometric or whatever. That, are, yeah. that, that have shock absorbers. We, we, we see that and we raise you an egg. So apparently the seat has some sort of movement in two planes and they say uh, new restraint system that uses gyroscopic seats to improve passenger safety and the application is supposed to be like an autonomous vehicle. So um, they were assigned patent number US 20240001825A1 with the uh, USPTO. And it was published on January 4th. Um, looks like they originally filed back July 1st of 2022. And uh, lists uh, some employees, I guess, as, uh, as the uh, inventors of it. 
but it looks like it swivels and it swings and uh, the application states, accordingly, it's desirable to provide a seat assembly which is able to absorb impact energy from any angle. So I Mm. guess you sit in this egg and whatever side you get hit on, it It swivels swivels up in the other, yeah, to uh, soak up energy. So. It's kind of a novel idea. It's silly looking. Just, I mean, yeah, it wouldn't look like that in production. Well, the illustration is well. The illustration is actually has a man ridiculous. with like a smiley face yeah. driving it. So <laughs> it's weird. So uh, apparently, uh, it, the, the patent goes on to describe a vehicle restraint system that has an inner and outer shell, and then the seats have a slip device that's mounted in between the two shells. So your seat is stationary, or your 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 contain container that you sit in, and then you kind of move around within it, which seems. Hmm. Weird. Hey, lighting. Did you hear? No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. No. Mm-mm. So uh, Kia has announced this weird uh, line of commercial vehicles that are supposed to be super cheap. They're like body swappable electric vans, and so they have an emphasis on customization. Body swappable. They were uh, on the floor of the Consumer Electronics Show, and it said that the uh, the van could be uh, body could be swapped and turned into a pickup truck. That's novel. So it's basically a like totally a, modular. Yeah, like a skateboard chassis, and then you can put a high roof on it, or you can put a pickup on it, or all that. They mm. called it the PV5, and they targeted the starting price of around thirty-five thousand dollars, and they want to have it enter production in twenty twenty-five. Anyway, they were sharing some stuff about it, but hardly any info has been divulged. And uh, do you see, think the, the customer would swap the bodies, or this would I, again? They haven't divulged a lot. They just showed a bunch of renderings that showed the different possible bodies that could go on this uh, same chassis. And they said mm. the PV5 pickup is not fixed yet. Ho Sung Song, who is the uh, Kia CEO, uh, he told the Drive, "This is just one example of a model based on the chassis cab. The pickup is just one of the varieties of the PV5 chassis cab model." Uh, it's not fixed yet, but we can try. So it sounds like there's a desire to make a pickup truck, but the uh, the initial ones will be vans. Can you imagine, though, you walk into a dealership and they've got the skateboards out there in the showroom, and then they've got another section, which the bodies, and you just pair the body in the in the skateboard platform. Yeah. So anyway, hmm. I- interesting. Uh, if you want to check that out, you can go head over to uh, the thedrive.com. Okay. All right. To uh, wrap up our show, it's, uh, I figured it would be interesting to look at uh, the sales numbers for pickup trucks for 2023. So, oh, yeah. Lightning, have you heard? No. No. So according to the sales numbers that have come out, uh, the Toyota Tacoma controlled 44.6% of the U.S. midsize truck market in 23. Whoa. Wow. So uh, the uh, Toyota Tacoma lost 1.1% in sales versus 2022, selling 234,768 trucks. If you combine GM... Uh, despite a 20% decline, I think a lot of this probably has to do with supply chain and things like that. Uh, they sold together 93,539. Or you can look at it as second place is the Chevy Colorado with 71081. Uh, coming in third place, Nissan Frontier, solid 58,135. Go Nissan. Which uh, beat the Jeep Gladiator, which is at 55,188. The Honda Ridgeline at 52,001. Ford Ranger at only 32,334. So, man, the, the uh, Frontier is handedly uh, beating the Ranger. Of course, the new uh, model comes out. And then the uh, GMC Canyon uh, brings up the rear at 22,458. The biggest decline is the Ford Ranger with 43% year over year. So I think mm. part of that is supply chain. I think part of that was um, new model coming out. So be interesting to see how the new truck rebounds. Uh, when you look at the Maverick in Santa Cruz, the Maverick, okay, so keep in mind, 
Tacoma, 234,768. GM combined, right? Canyon and Colorado, 93,539. Okay, that's those two combined. Not even close. It's 234,000 versus 93,000. Hold on. Ford Maverick, 94,058 on its own. Oh, my God. (laughs) So I guess that was a... 94,000 Mavericks. Up 26.5%. So I'm sure that accounted for some of the Ranger losses as well. I would mm. imagine there's some cannibalization going on there. The Hyundai Santa Cruz, uh, second place, which is the only other truck in the category, 36,675 units. The so. thing is, the, the Maverick, is it's it's got to be the appearance, the, the size, the fuel economy. Um, just everything. It, it just have, has everything yes, going for it. Totally. And it's, there's no way, we've talked about this before, there's no way that they, that they had planned on this being as big a success as it turned out to be. Yeah. All right, uh, and then moving to the uh, full-size trucks. So in 2023, uh, GM, Ford, and Toyota were looking good. Uh, mm-hmm. Ram uh, took a bit of a hit. So GM truck combined uh, beat Ford, which they usually do. They're actually up 11%, and the changes for 2023 were great. The interior and styling updates, 839056 However, that uh, is still a far cry from when Ford sold a million in a year. Mm. Uh, if you break them apart, Ford wins the sales crown at seven fifty, seven eighty nine, followed by, and that was a fourteen percent uh, increase, fourteen point eight, seven fifty and seven eighty nine. Yep. Chevrolet Silverado five forty three three nineteen, so that was up five point eight percent. Ram trucks four hundred forty four thousand nine twenty six, that was down five percent. So it sounds like maybe uh, some of that cannibalization came from the Chevy crowd. GMC Sierra, 295, 737. Toyota Tundra, 125-185. Uh, both of those were up respectively 224 and 20.1%. Interesting, the uh, F-150 Lightning, 24165. And so that was up 54% over uh, 2022. 24,000. Lightnings, yep. okay. Uh, Nissan Titan, 19,189. So uh, handily getting beaten by its little brother, but that was a 27.4% uh, increase. And as we've uh, mentioned, this is the last year for Titan. So get yours while you can. Hummer EV, 3,244, uh, which was up 279%, but that's only because they sold 854 in 22 when it launched. The Silverado EV sold 461 in calendar year 23. And the Tesla Cybertruck was probably... Less than ten. What about Rivian? Uh, it's not listed in this particular mm. deal. I don't know if uh, if they've disclosed theirs yet. Uh, the total for the industry was two point one eight two million uh, full size trucks, and that was up nine point three percent over twenty twenty two. So there's still plenty of buyers out there. I thought that was pretty interesting. Now, do you know that in twenty twenty three, according to Experian, that supplies all the data to SEMA. 31% of all new vehicles sold in 2022 were Modified. pickup trucks. No, were, were pickup trucks. 31%. I think that's low. That sounds low to me. It's not. 31, everything else. I guess they like, say because light truck is 52, 53%, but that includes SUVs and a bunch of other stuff. No, no. Too. So when you, so SUV, in this research, SUVs, CUVs, sports cars, all that stuff, they're all broken out. Pickup trucks make up 31%. That's a massive portion. And, and especially when you look at like Ford's got one one car now, just the Mustang, and they just got rid of the Camaro, and it's all going trucks, people. So uh, if you look at the U.S. heavy truck sales, um, so that's uh, the Silverado MD, 4,500, 5,500, 6,500, 4,650, and 750. Kind of interesting. The Ford sold 14,580, while Chevy sold uh, their medium duty uh, 11,829. 
So just mm. for those of you uh, keeping track of that medium duty segment, no uh, breakout here of the Ram commercial stuff. So, how many trucks do you think the, the, uh, the manufacturer, especially Ram, is sitting on? Because it's the word is just there's a glut of vehicles right now. Well, there's a glut of vehicles everywhere right now. I don't know who's who is unaffected by that. I'm sure Tacomas are still moving and things like that. But I know. Uh, a lot of dealerships that are sitting on a lot of products still because everybody who, while the supply chain was down, ordered a bunch of stuff. And then basically the market tank, they got caught up and then the manufacturers forced them to take on a bunch of inventory. And I know some huge dealers that are paying a million plus and just flooring costs alone for, per month. Yeah. Just to hold that stuff. So you and I have are friends with uh, one of our local dealers here. Uh, they sell a lot of Jeep product. And he was telling me that they are sitting on a whole bunch of 4xEs. We got to remember, they're not sitting on 4xEs because they can only get 4xEs. So I, I get that. But and I was saying, do you think, and he didn't know, but we were just kind of bouncing ideas back and forth. I said, how many people do you think are confused by what a 4xE is? They think it's pure electric and they're not interested. They don't even stop by the lot because they think it's just pure electric and they're turned off. They don't understand the the hybrid. There's no range anxiety. And he didn't have the answer. I was just we're just going back and forth. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I think the 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 public is not as educated on because you say like Bev. You're even getting to acronyms. I don't think they know that that's battery electric versus hybrid and what a hybrid truly is. They certainly don't know the difference well, between P1, P2, and series hybrids. No, no, no. But uh, here's what I'll say. I know a lot of people that are actively seeking out 4xE because I get a ton of questions. But, but those are enthusiasts. I'm talking not, about not average No, they're schmoes. not. You, you, I'm telling you, I've had family members reach out, people who aren't car people going, hey, listen, I went to the local Jeep dealer. What do you know about this 4xE? And, or, hey, I heard you had one. What is it? Um, or, hey, I, I had a uh, listener recently hit me up and said, hey, I've got a 392. I'm thinking about turning it in and I'm thinking about getting a 4xE. What do you know about it? So I think they know about it. I was actually looking at a... Uh, there's a Lexus commercial for, I think, the new TX, which is like the Grand Highlander Lexus version. And they perfectly had hybrid explained in their video. Two dudes get in and they're showing it and he's like, oh, it's a plug-in hybrid electric vehicle. It was so clear every company should steal this from them immediately. They said electric for short trips, gas for long trips. Boom, simple. It was like, that's, that is exactly you're, how... You're kind of backing up what I'm saying, though. I just don't think that everyone understands the technology. What do you guys think? Let us know. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Holman at truckshowpodcast.com. Or me, Lightning, at truckshowpodcast.com. Weigh in, won't you? Well, if you think they're confused about 4 by e hybrids, uh, just wait till they figure out that there's an electric vehicle with onboard generator. That'll be the next <laughs> level of trying to explain stuff to people. But oh, the, uh, boy. The Ram Charger's coming. <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> Well, fortunately, if you're in the uh, market for a Nissan Titan or Frontier, we don't have to explain any of that to you because they're uh, straight internal combustion engine the way God intended. Do yourself a favor and check one out at your local Nissan dealer or build and price one at NissanUSA.com. And if you need compliant performance parts for your truck or SUV, or in some cases cars, you can head on over to BanksPower.com where you can use the year make model tool to find out all the products that Banks has for your vehicle. BanksPower.com. That's a wrap for a couple of days until we come with another episode. The Truck Show Podcast is a production of Truck Famous LLC. This podcast was created by Sean Holman and Jay Tillis with production elements by DJ Omar Khan. If you like what you've heard, please open your Apple Podcast or Spotify app and give us a five-star rating. And if you're a fan, there's no better way to show your support than by patronizing our sponsors.
Some vehicles may have been harmed during the making of this podcast.